I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. From Toronto, Ontario, my name is Jordan Ferguson, and with me on the other line from scenic Hamilton, Ontario, lounging in the satellite branch is your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. Hello. <laughs> what pep? What pep she bringeth? So much pep. Friends, this is episode... God, the notes say 198, but who knows anymore? Like, who knows? I don't know when you're listening to this. Everyone's behind. Everyone's on a lag. Everyone I'm talking to is like, I'm listening back to like in March before the world exploded. And you thought you were going to Japan. And I say, (laughs) what a great time that was. If you want to go back and listen to all the times before the world exploded, you can find us wherever you get your audio content. Give us a follow. One more item taken off your plate because you don't have enough to worry about. You don't have to worry about getting that podcast because every week your man's... Chauncey Frostilicus III, Geek Down Internet Elf. Girl, he's going to bring those episodes directly to your device. You'll just be like, what day is it? I don't know, but I have like 17 episodes of Geek Down. You're welcome. That's how that happens. If you'd like to express your gratitude, you can do it on most socials that are available, primarily Twitter. But we also have email, Facebook, yada yada. Wow, I just said yada yada. Welcome to 97, y'all. Did you did say yada, and even I stopped to go. Wow, he just said yada yada. Down is up. The rules they do not apply. I've had way too much screaming from Crazy Town Banana Bands down the hall this week. Like I'm just I'm I'm really I'm a race car in the red, y'all. I'm hiding it very well for your benefit, but it's it's been a week. Oh, oh, Jordan, they know. You know how they know? How do they know? Because you uh, forget. To say fantastic episode, you just say episode of the Geek Down podcast. We all know. <laughs> that's that's my tell. That's your tell. That's my that's my uh, my John my John Malkovich and Rounders tell. If I don't say the episode's <laughs> going to be fantastic. Do you also have a terrible Russian accent? <laughs> yes, and I eat so many Oreos. True story. <laughs> Friends, if you would like to contribute, so I can get more Oreos. Caitlin McKinnon almost blew social distancing out the fucking window and drove here to my house to steal my tiramisu Oreos that I found at the Freshco. I did. She would have been out of luck because they are gone, y'all. If you would like to finance the repurchasing of tiramisu Oreos, you can do that by buying us a coffee, ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod. Patreon still exists, but we have paused the uh, billing for the month of May again. Until at the very least I go back to work, then I can be confident that a lot of y'all may have gone back to work. And then, uh, you know, we'll play it from there, and the billing will resume, and y'all can decide if you would like to keep contributing. We hope you do, but we understand it's been, it's just a weird, weird time for all. Kate, what week is this? Very, very weird time. Um, it is... We had e-commerce it, week. Yeah, we had We had followed gonna... by depression week. Yep. Then we had uh, over ourselves... Reclaim Your Life Week. Yes, and this is Reclaim Your Life Week 2 Electric Boogaloo. Is it? What? It is. <laughs> Take your word for it. So, here's the thing about things like depression. <laughs> um, 
movies make it seem as though you have some sort of enlightening conversation or some kind of moment where the sun comes out. Yes. Oh, also those commercials from the States, they're all about depression medication. Mm -hmm. They also make it seem as though you just need this one thing and everything will be hunky-dory and now in Technicolor. Just got to find it. And that's not... That's not how things work. Um, and it's kind of, it's weird because though it can be fun to watch those movies and those transitions, it sets you up really badly for when it doesn't work out that way. Where you can't just wake up one sunny Saturday morning and be like, hey, I'm going to reclaim my life and everything's going to be great from here on out. Um, it's all about baby steps and it's all about getting back on the wagon um and you will fall many many times um but i am a actual believer in that anything that is worth having worth fighting for um and also you know what helps mm. getting some of those things that you bought on e-commerce week. that would be great has that worked out for you yes it has good for Both you times. son of a bitch exactly. Local local Toronto DJ Big Jacks was like, I'm selling my bunch of Japanese city pop, and I was like, uh, local drop off to your house, and I went, uh, no, God, please, no. And if I had no. anything to show for the hundreds of dollars I sent overseas at the start of the pandemic, I might have been more inclined. Also, it's like the first week in like a month that the feds haven't given me any money, so I was like, yo, until I <laughs> until I get a little more insight on what the pay schedule. Of unemployment looks like. You have to cool it on that. Yeah, I would like if anything showed up. I caved and bought a uh, bought a mask from a local provider. Um, right. Have not even got a shipping notice for that yet. So yeah, I would just yeah, there 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 are some companies that are really good that sort of gave me updates when anything significant happened and like the tracking number worked really well and. I wasn't crazy. Like, I thought I was going to get things in May. So the fact that I got them right before, like the week before, I was, like, thrilled about. Um, there are things like I have a bike now, which is really cool. Oh, you got the bike. Um, I did. I did get the bike. Um, it is the ladiest bike in the world, and I love it. <laughs> Do you have um, a basket it's yet? It's white. Not yet, but it was – even Chris was like, didn't we order you a basket? I was like, <laughs> no, no. We said we were going to do it after the fact. Probably don't need one right this second. Um, but it's, like, white, and it's got, like, baby blue trim and baby blue rims. It's amazing. <laughs> I'll take a picture. Please and do. I got a helmet to match. Um, then also one of the books, I was, I was worried they were all going <laughs> to come in, but only one of them did come in. And I have been very good. I haven't touched it. It's on the shelf waiting for me to finish with the stuff I'm reading now. What else came in? Oh, um, so I bought a bunch of stuff from Yisk because they were having this crazy bathroom sale and we need new towels. <laughs> and everything was great except the box it came in looked like it had been chewed by some large animal. Um, there was like holes in it. It was very strange. And the garbage can we ordered has a giant dent in it. Oh. So I'm going to have to mention something. And another piece, like the the last piece, it's a little bit bigger it's like a bench so i'm guessing it's coming separately but when i go on to the yes tracking number like there's no information whatsoever so i think they're just a hot mess um 
So I'm just going to wait another week and then I might contact someone and be like, hey, my garbage can is dented. Also, I have no idea where this bench is. Um, and my seeds came in. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, fucking seeds. <laughs> my seeds came in. Oh, yeah. my God. Y'all, this is like a sort of a rant I thought I might go on, but I'm just going to mention I'm just I'm going to tone it down to just a mention, not necessarily a rant. This ties back to uh, the Twitter post for last week's episode. We're just like, y'all are bored out there. I get it. You want to make some content. You're out there doing stuff. But, like, I got no time for the Johnny Come Lately content makers who are making their shit for, like, you know, seven people. We've been making shit for seven people for, like, two years. And this... I think it's been longer than that. This, <laughs> shut up. This is the... <laughs> this is what you can expect from the Geek Down podcast. You came here and thought we were going to talk about comic books or anime? Nah, son. Seeds. Mother, hey, Motherfucking I, seeds. As I always say, being a geek, that is very widespread. You can be a geek about a lot of things. You can nerd out over all kinds of... Hey, think about it. You People nerd out about shoes, right? <laughs> to me, that seems weird but to you who sort of are on the like periphery of that group like you you know what it's like to have a really nice pair of like fresh white kicks mm -hmm. i'm using the lang language um didn't even stutter that much it was it was very smooth no no it was really good meanwhile i got three different types of pumpkins like i'm Jesus super Christ. excited about this I have a pumpkin pie pumpkin, and I have a ghost pumpkin, and I have a regular jack-o'-lantern pumpkin. I'm going to regret like... this. I'm going to regret this. <laughs> yeah. What is a ghost pumpkin? It's a white pumpkin. They're just called ghosts because they're white. Then they're really cool for Halloween. They kind of look like, you know, when Cinderella's carriage is changing into her, or her pumpkin is changing into her carriage. It's kind of pretty. But anyways, so I'm super psyched. Um, now... I have to mention that my housemates really, they've done so much work in the garden that they've like left things open for us this year. Cause they knew I was going to get some seeds in. They're like, yeah, sure. Like we've left these places for you and we've already put like manure in them so that stuff will grow really well. And which is very kind of them. Um, so those people who like, I'm doing like half the gardening, like I'm planting stuff, but I didn't have to do all the other stuff. So I'm not, that nerdy, but I am very excited about the seeds. Horticulture, y'all. Yeah. Horticulture Minute with Caitlin. I can tell you, how, I can update you on my seeds going forward. <laughs> I'm so excited. You, you thought the space, you thought the space, the astronomy update was Pete Caitlin McKinnon? Nah, son. Oh, no. Seed talk. That's what oh, we're about. Oh, no. I should, I, I should, speaking of astronomy minute. Oh, God. I should make, <laughs> I should just let everyone know that. The uh, flower moon, or f or full flower moon, which is going to be happening, uh, when you listen to this, a couple of days, I believe it's March 8th, is the last super moon of the year. So just keep your eyes up for that. It'll be very bright and beautiful. Hopefully it won't be overcast. Um, and there is some cool astronomical stuff going on. So hit up, like, I think it's like skies tonight or, t or tonight sky or whatever, dot com, and it'll tell you what's going on in your area. Anyways, that's it. That's my astronomy minute. Well, Kate, I think I established a new hobby for myself. 
that I encourage okay. everyone to take up. You've got your seeds. Yeah. It's not quite as uh, thrilling as seeds, but exciting in its own way. It's uh, chirping at white people. And what would be the definition of chirping? Chirping at white people would be just flatly yet directly, possibly aggressively, informing white people of how things are and that they are not performing as they should. Okay. Uh, example. I have two. I'm so glad you asked. They both, you will not be surprised, take place at the local grocery store. Oh, no. So I went on Friday. Uh, this was the day I got the tiramisu Oreos. Um, I don't know. I think it was the broken heart of my clementines randomly going moldy sooner than oh. I expected them to. That broke my heart. Not as much as when I realized that I had not bought Flaming Hot Cheetos. I bought Sweet Chili Cheetos. Oh, no. Why they both got flames on the bag, Kate? Why they both got flames on the bag? I, I can't tell you. I honestly can't tell you. Like, I'm, Me, se- I'm settling I'm gonna, in. I got my... I'm going to risk being sick. It's going to be regular Cheetos for me. <laughs> I'm settling in. Crack the bag. Take a handful. I'm like, my mouth is not as on fire as it should be. I got a couple more handfuls in, and I went... These are fucking sweet chili Cheetos. And they were. And I was sad. And I ate the whole bag angry. Um, so I went to the I went to the Fresh Go just to pick up a few things. And I'm maintaining all the proper traffic flow. You know, they have the arrows down, taped down. So everybody's kind of moving in one direction. It's easier to maintain social distance. Nobody's crossing in front of each other, et cetera, et cetera. I still don't have a mask, Bezos. I have a towel that sometimes I tie around my face, but I don't know. That just seems, <laughs> I have the real FOMO of like, everyone has a mask, but me, it's like, I'm back in grade school again and I can only wear jogging pants. <laughs> For me, it was Tamagotchi. Yeah. <laughs> everybody had, everybody had the cool jeans everybody. with the French cuffs, but I, but I was too fat and I had jogging <laughs> pants. <laughs> fat uh... sixth grader couldn't have jeans. No, everybody's got a cool mask except me. I was going to have a wrap a scarf around my face. Um, Come the fuck on, Bezos, or Moji Mask, or any of the other 19 places I've ordered a goddamn mask from this week. And I'm now, like, I'm down, I don't even remember what aisle it was, but, you know, eight feet ahead of me is, you know, some Carol or something who's, like, reading the back of a bag of beans or something. And I'm waiting, because that's just how it is now. You gotta wait. I'm waiting for her to do her thing. She glances over, and she sees me waiting, and I'm like, I'm not being, like, you know. I'm not pressed not or anything. Your teeth and like no, I'm not pressed about it. Heavily. I'm just standing there. But then coming up behind me is some grandma, no mask, goes walking by me and says something about like, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to go by quick, blah, blah, blah. It's like, cool story. It's not how we're doing things, but you do you. <laughs> Thanks, Gladys. That was the one. The second one was things get a little bunched up at the till. You know, they try to maintain the six feet, but, you know, there's not maybe six feet from some of them to the aisle, so they have to angle down the aisles type of thing. And the cache I wanted to go down was angling. It wasn't like a straight line into the, into like, you know, the cashier. It was like an angle. It was down from one aisle over and then curved. And people are already down that aisle, and I got some dude in front of me. Some, you know, 50-plus white dude. Real North Face looking type of, type of vibe. Aesthetic. And he's like turning to the people down the aisle and he's like, hi, actually, you know, like there's a, there's already a line forming here, uh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, 
no, man, I'm not actually in the line. This isn't the line. The line's over there. I'm waiting to get into it. And he kind of like moved out of the way. I got into the line and he got behind me. Oh, good. I will maintain order, Caitlin McKinnon. Hey, I'm one of those people who I'm like the only person. Okay, so when people are waiting, I actually really like this system. When you wait in one line and you have like four tills and you just go to whichever till is empty first. Mm. Um, I was somewhere and everyone was doing that. We were all waiting in this one line. I can't remember where we were. It was like a million years ago in Raba in Toronto. Good old Raba. Raba. Um, and we're one line waiting and this older woman like straight up cuts in front of every like I she like looked at us and like went to a till and no one was gonna say anything so guess who had to say something and be a huge fucking bitch me because I was like um excuse me ma'am this is actually the whole line um and she was very nice about it but like I was like I'm the same I'm like I am going to maintain order (laughs) this is not gonna be chaos I'm not gonna let some just lady cut in front of there was like five of us I was like no no that's not gonna happen folks and again I don't think it was malicious I think she was confused um, but I was also was like, what do you think we're all waiting for? We live in a society. Yeah. Yeah. So I am one of those people as well. Um, from maintaining order to outright chaos. This is not so much a news item. It's just an interesting thing that's been happening that I haven't noticed myself, even though it's been happening somewhere where I spend a lot of time. But it's been written up in a few places. This article is from... Polygon by Cass Marshall. So things are getting weird in Grand Theft Auto. Okay. And apparently one part of this has been going on for a while where players would dress up in like glowing green unitards, like alien bodysuits, get in a white van and basically jack move random players. Like bum rush them. A bum rush, but we call it rat pack. Like they pull up on a random player, hop out with bats, and beat him to death. Oh. This has been going on for a while. Hey, listen, that's pretty tame for Grand Theft Auto. Like, in a game where flying cars reg- blow you up on the regs, in a game where I've, like, had to sequester myself into solo sessions to, like, get anything done, that's pretty, that's pretty chill. But, in a unique twist, other players have now started defending from the green aliens dressed as purple aliens so there is a full-on green and purple alien war that has taken over grand theft auto and not only that they're also like so they're beefing with each other and you can find these on tiktok and youtube and all these play footage of all this uh on there uh so yes uh, according to this article on polygon the green aliens which were already there kind of before quarantine life uh have about 14 million players jesus christ like that's, that's the amount of people who play this game. 14 million green players and the newer Purple Gang has about 7 million members. People have also taken uh, to dressing up in lab coats and defending from both aliens. Like there's a whole insane gang war oh. happening on Grand Theft Auto Online right now. I love this. In the free mode. I love um, <laughs> Also, I didn't know that there... I've, I've read about this. I need to read more about it. There are people who play Grand Theft Auto like it's a role-playing game. Like... One dude, this is just a random tweet from somebody calling himself Detective Mike Vincero. He's playing in the first person mode. He plays as a cop. 
It's like, great to be out patrolling Vespucci Beach this afternoon as the LSPD begins to increase patrols and police presence across Los Santos. We will bring an end to the struggle between these aliens. We will prevail. So there's players out there playing as cops or scientists trying to take down the aliens. Um, it's pretty low on the violent scale, it seems like. It's a lot of, like, you know, bats or maybe... <laughs> there's a... <laughs> There's a picture here of a bunch of green aliens with green sports cars and respective purple aliens with purple sports cars. And it's just like, <laughs> you knew it was coming, purple v. green. And people are rightly pointing out, this is kind of the most wild and exciting GTA Online has been in a very long time. Like, because people are so bored and they're just, like, finding new ways to amuse themselves. I don't know if I will attempt to immerse myself in this. I don't even know how I could as someone who, like, you know, isn't looking to hop on Discord or Reddit or anything like that. Even the one time I tried to find, like, a peaceful guild, it was, like, <laughs> required, like, you know, a right of courage to, like, <laughs> get approved to, like, find a server that uh, wouldn't blow me up the second I turned up. But that's really fun. You know what else is fun, Kate? What? This is a fun tip from friends. This episode's just going to be me telling Kate about stuff. Um, <laughs> this is like our friendship, guys. <laughs> This came from um, the Chief Brown correspondent, Kayam Dar. Tipped me off Kayam. to this. Kayam. This is the first year since 2006 that the first weekend in May has not seen the opening of a Marvel movie. Yeah, I think I read something vaguely, but maybe I sent me the same thing. I know you were delighted. That's a delighted song, guys. I see people like, you know, screaming and wailing that like they got some stills from New Mutants and they're just like, ah, release it digitally. Life went on. No one cared. You didn't even notice. I think this will be good for everybody. Justice for Kenneth Lonergan. <laughs> let's, get some, let's get some fucking plays out there. Not everything has to blow up a city. Um, yeah, it was just a fun factoid. The only other fun factoid, it wasn't really a factoid, and this can tie into uh, into what we've been watching, unless you have anything else uh, you want to get off your chest first. Um, Issues, news, items. Okay, go ahead. I, I do. Um so there are – I have to talk about something I've just – okay, so like your thing with Grand Theft Auto and just really enjoying sort of this – It's is it world building? Is it collective, like, uh, silliness? Like, I don't know what to call it, but it's sort of like this creative moment mm. in, in, in Grand Theft Auto, which I think a lot of open world video games can have. Yes. Um, I don't think people have as much time on their hands usually, so <laughs> I think that's probably one of the reasons this is happening, but I think it's delightful. Another thing that I think is delightful, and I don't know how people are going to feel about this, but I feel great about this, is the just thorough and constant like inundation of memes and um, talks about how a group of Karen is called a privilege <laughs> and like all the like, Kate, they're so like, mad. The Karen stuff. They're and so mad. I, it just, it, yeah. White women being mad for ridiculous reasons is delightful. And I just, I just want like, 
black Twitter to know that I appreciate everything they're doing. <laughs> well, we I could just really take do, like we could just take a general moment to appreciate black Twitter, like as a whole. Like so fantastic. Black Twitter never loses. Yes, and white people do smell like dogs when they're wet. Just gonna say. Um, like, Yo, you gotta stop because there are some people who are listening to this episode, and that is the first time they will have ever heard that. <laughs> this will be don't worry about it. this will be fine. news to them. They need to process that. <laughs> I'll never forget the anyway. first time I heard it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I just, I just, I'm, I just get really delighted at it because I don't think there are many times when the like the community of people of color can like really like come together on like an on a joke. Um, of this proportion, and I just, I, I don't know, I just, it's something about, like, privileged white people getting uppity about really ridiculous things that I just, I love so much, and I think it's a way to, like, call out that ridiculousness and how stupid they are, but anyways, delightful. Um, the other thing is, as I'm scrolling through Netflix recently, and I don't know if anyone else is finding this, Netflix is a hot fucking mess. What is going <laughs> on? They're just literally throwing things at people. <laughs> Netflix is on full they're, heat they're, check mode. They're like, man, fuck it. They got nowhere else to go. Yeah, and but they also, they have, like, as we talked about last episode, their numbers aren't going down. No. But they're just like, I'm getting all kinds of stuff I've never seen before. <laughs> like, and I know a lot of it is, sort of like, releasing a lot of stuff. But there's, it's also just, it's weird, man. It's just weird. Um... But it's kind of been fascinating, too, though, and being like, oh, hey, I've never seen that before. Maybe I'll check that out. Um, and yes, again, I know some of it is new, but some of it is just stuff that is not in the algorithm that they've just been like, ah, just let them have it. Yeah, mine, I have not. What what specifically have you noticed? Um, well, let me just actually log in, and I can tell you now <laughs> music may start playing because they have that stupid thing where they just automatically, I was complaining about it last time, they just like you know, put everything out there. Um, there are some of the things that make sense, like Murdoch Mysteries. Yes. But it's coming up beside original Star Trek, Harlan <laughs> Coben's The Stranger, Money Heist, October Faction, Ghost in the Shell, SAC 2045, yes. Restaurants on the Edge, Tiny House Nation, and Gilmore Girls. Oh, and Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. So they're like... <laughs> Jesus. Sweetie, though. Smash together. Are we sure this isn't just you breaking the algorithm? No. I, I tell you, this no, is like... None of those really sounded out of character. I'm not going to lie. Jeopardy, Still Game, That 70s Show, Arrested Development, Friends, SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob. Okay, SpongeBob's a little off. I just, I feel like... I don't know. They just... Usually I get... We get a lot of, like, sci-fi and a lot of fantasy maybe some some classic mystery stuff because we know i'm an addict but i don't know i just feel like there's definitely more stuff that i wouldn't really be interested in usually or they're just seeing they're just like see what happens <laughs> well before we get into the actual you know list of what we've been uh checking out this week friends sorry it's going to be a shorter episode this week but i mean they've been getting a little loosey-goosey lately um and y'all are like a month behind anyway so who really cares 
this is more of an amendment that I have to make, not quite an amendment or an apology having to do with a video that I sent, I sent Caitlin that for sure she did not watch, but we will get into it regardless. Did you watch that video I sent you? The one where I said jump to 440? No. Okay. I didn't. Of course you did. I forgot. That's fine. Friends. Can we... I watch it now? No. I'll tell you about it and you can watch it later. Okay. So, friends, we know my baptism into the world of waifu hell was the game Love Life School Idol Festival. And that there were two idol groups in Love Life School Idol Festival, Muse and Aqua. And with both of them, as is the case in projects like these now, this was started as a manga, and then a game, and then an anime, and then live concerts by the voice actresses, etc., etc. And I have only seen the full sort of vision of Muse. I tried with Aqua, but it seemed too much of a clone of Muse and just wasn't feeling it. Didn't really, you know, they, they, they were like the cast offs. It was like, meh, right. whatever. It's just, a, you know, just a redo your, your Muse Redux. I already had Muse. I don't need Muse Redux. I don't know how I came across this, but I saw a clip of something and then I got further information about it. And I feel like I need to amend it to a certain extent. Aqua might get a pass. Because the thing with me is I just always, this goes from perfume, this goes to Aspecia, this goes to Muse. Like, I need something to connect with to make me want to, you know, the thing I have noticed with idol groups and a lot of Japanese pop, and you can, you know, come at me immediately with like, well, it's a weird paternalistic, you know, misogynistic thing. Wow. Fair point. But to my mind, you just want to see them do well. You respect the effort. Kate recently said to me how much she loves that I just ride for a specia while knowing that they can't sing. Oh, yeah. That they're just objectively bad. But I love them. Because I respect the effort. <laughs> like some dude who recently, like, he must have gone to fucking everything. And he posted, like, and he filmed everything. And he posted pretty much everything he got on YouTube and I watched some of it this week and just kind of like, damn y'all girls never did learn how to sing ever <laughs> right, right to the end. There were notes you couldn't hit, but I respect the effort. So love life concerts are a weird blend of recreating scenes from the anime and just actual like, you know, performances. So I did not know that apparently there was a scene in love life sunshine, which is the aqua show where you know, your songwriter character, your transfer student has to perform a piano recital at the same time the rest of Aqua is supposed to like, you know, do a live show. So Aqua is performing as eight and she's giving her piano recital. Oh, but they believe in each other and they both blah, 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 whatever. Um, right. So at the first Muse or not Muse, see, they're just always on the brain. You're always with me, Queens. <laughs> the, the first Aqua live show, they try to recreate this scene to a certain extent and they have Rico's voice actress whose name is, I think, uh, Ida Rakako, try to, like, play the opening bit on piano. And the video I sent you was a documentary about their, like, first Tokyo Dome show, where they finally made it, like, to the Tokyo Dome, like, two years after. Because what had happened is she fucked up, and you could hear the note scree honk, and she tried to get through it, and then the song started, and the other eight of them are, like, doing their dance or whatever, but then just just silence and just like cuts out and you know the the speed with which the girl who plays the protagonist 
shot up these stairs to hug the other girl. Like, you don't see failure in these, usually. Right. Like, idol groups, no, it's about failure. So she's already, this whole Japanese thing about now I have inconvenienced and made things hard for other people. So she's sobbing. And you can hear on the mic, like, basically, like, screaming, Goma Nasai, as, like, the other girl, like, shoots up, followed by two others who, like, immediately group hug her and are just going, like, we can do it again. We can do it again. It's fine. Like, don't worry. Like, calm down. Like, we can do it again. And so, like, they get, you know, they fumble their way through it. But it was, like, this huge thing. And then I didn't know. I just sent you the clip being, like, oh, my God, just watch this. I think I think Hawk will make it a pass for this. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. Rikakio, you can do it. <laughs> two years later, they're going to the Tokyo because they're, like, they never tried this again. And she had never touched the piano since. She had three months of lessons. She didn't play piano. Right. Like, they taught her to play this song for three months. And she hadn't touched a piano since. So now they're doing the Tokyo Dome show and they want to try this again. And not only that, they kind of want to like half and half it where they're not going to do the scene from the anime where she's separate from the rest of them. She's going to play a little bit and then join the rest of them and do the song. So just shouts to the producers of this little, I think it was an NHK documentary who like, bless the NHK, we love them. Who like chose to focus on the female fans of Love Live. Bless you. (laughs) Thank you. Because I talked to this one audience member who was like, you know, seeing her. I just wanted to support her even more. Like when you see her like fuck up like that, like I just wanted to support her even more. And then when she comes up at the piano and they realize what's happening. Number one, the entire Tokyo Dome goes pink because they'll have light sticks, right? And that's her color is the Sakura pink. The whole fucking Tokyo Dome goes pink. And then as she starts to play and then joins them on stage, it's just shots of like women sobbing in the audience because they're so proud and happy for her. And that's like the most like best examples of what like enjoying an idol group can give you and i just fucking aqua you got some good ass songs in there too i'm still never gonna watch the show but yeah we'll see damn it (laughs) we got motherfuckers who are forming full alien wars in san andreas and i'm like i don't have time to watch a (laughs) watch a 12 episode anime um this is sort of weirdly i mean i brought up that i uh watched a couple other episodes of the toys that made us yes um, and one of them was on My Little Pony. Um, and yes, they did talk about like the bronies, mm-hmm. of course. Like they had to, they had to mention it. But the woman who wrote the new My Little Pony show, uh, Friendship is Magic, was like obsessed with My Little Pony when she was a kid. Like, like listening to her talk about all the ponies she had and like the the what their cutie mark meant about their personalities and you're like as she's talking you're like oh yeah that's that's uh i don't know apple dash i don't know what they're called is, i had one my little pony okay this is lauren um, faust we're talking about sorry this is lauren faust we're talking about yes creator of friendship is magic yeah um and just listening to her talk it just like totally brought back my childhood and what it is like to love toys and make up these adventures and be part of this like toy loving community. And you could see like, as she was talking about it, she still felt it in like her heart. So when people say about fandoms, especially for anime and especially for something like the fandoms that also have these concerts with the voice actresses, that certain things are silly. I mean, I think it's just another way of expressing like the joy and love and being able to be part of like that kind of community 
So it just reminded me of that. And also the weird creepy guy factor. But Yeah. Pretty, you know. <laughs> That's actually what, what triggered it, but because they did have to mention the bronies, but thankfully they didn't spend too much time on them. Conversely, the uh, the third uh, Love Live project, which has really been centered around the one game, um, they just started doing a couple like small lives, and whoo, they have been R U F F. You want to talk about a species you couldn't say? Oof. Yeah, they they ain't quite they ain't Never, quite there yet. He, you don't want you don't want outsiders rough like that's not good. <laughs> like they they're trying, and they also haven't had like an anime or anything like that. And they've you you want them to succeed because um, you know they've kind of been like just in the games for like two years and still doing like the little live streams and like an occasional appearance and things like that. But like. Meanwhile, Aquas is still, like, selling out the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> They're just like, when's our... Can we do anything, please? Um, but they just found out they're getting an anime. I don't know what season, but... Shouts, shouts to you, Nijigasaki School Idol Club project. Do your best. Oh, dear. Well, on to things we have consumed. Updates. Yes. Um, I'll just do updates on stuff that people know, and then I have a couple of, like, surprises. Ooh. So the first is television. Um, so we've uh, – senior correspondent and I have continued watching Clone Wars, and it has been fantastic. Um, for anyone who doesn't like Ahsoka, fuck you. <laughs> it's all Ahsoka all the time. I'm in heaven. <laughs> um, also – in the last episode, there was this fantastic duel between Darth Maul and Ahsoka Tano. Um, and I was looking at it thinking, like, oh, it looks like they did um, mocap. But I was like, probably not. I'm probably just – they just used some sort of, like, 3D animation technology or something that's new. No, they did mocap. Uh, mo and guess who – well, this isn't as exciting for you, I don't think, but – um, the original Darth Maul actor, Ray Park, who did all his own stunts, he's a stuntman, um, he did the motion capture fighting. Um, and as everyone, I posted this on Senior Correspondent's Wall because I saw this little clip of them doing the mocap and then showing the battle. Um, everyone has been commenting that, like, good for Ray Park. Like, this has been a, like, he's been Darth Maul for a really long time. <laughs> like, we think about when the first of the prequels came out many, many years ago. He's still in enough shape to really do a fantastic job of doing this um, lightsaber battle. Um, but it was, it, they've been great episodes. Um, they broach basically Ahsoka's time between the, sort of during the third movie in the prequels. Um, so Revenge of the Sith. Um, and sort of looking at the clones and Ahsoka and Mandalore and stuff like that. So that's been fantastic. Um, Harley Quinn continues to be delightful. Um, Fuck, I still haven't watched it. That's what I'll do today. I've not watched a single episode of the new season of Harley Quinn yet. I'm just kidding at you. <laughs> um, it, it, they, the writing's fantastic on that show. Um, and I love Harley Quinn and Ivy. And I know some people were disappointed that they don't have a romantic relationship, but I really am enjoying their friendship. And sometimes I think um, demonstrating um, good friendships 
is can be more important than romantic relationships in certain cases. I know there isn't enough of same-sex relationships in media in general, but I just think in this case, they've done a really, really good job with the two of them. Um, and Kite Man, weird, like, MVP of the series. <laughs> yeah. Like, con- continues to be delightful. And then, of course, also Murder, She Wrote, and Cat File. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I did, I did see something on Facebook about somebody, you know, posted something about, and I just saw a picture of Father Brown on my Facebook, and I went, this isn't Caitlin McKinnon, what? Uh, <laughs> some, like, rando um, I had a business relationship with for, like, you know, 15 minutes once, posting about, like, yeah. you know, here's some British crime there shows with 900 seasons you can watch in quarantine. There is something very comfortable with watching British and or New England and or mm-hmm. Welsh people solve murder mysteries. Um, specifically, the thing I love about Murder, She Wrote is just Jessica Fletcher herself. That's why the series is so is so watchable, right? She just she's this she's basically my like what I want to be when I'm older. Like she's just got this elegance to her that doesn't come from like high fashion or you know being a gazillionaire it comes from like knowing how to be like polite and what to do in certain social situations like there's a grace about her that i think is is really cool Kate. um and all this while she's uh visiting friends and catching murderers kate yeah how many pumpkins does jessica fletcher have in her garden um at least two <laughs> There was actually an episode where she was talking about her garden the other day that I was watching. Um, You're well on your way, kid. That's the point. Oh, oh, okay. I see. Um, I also, I did, speaking of being well on my way, I did um, set up my teacups the other day. Oh. Yeah, I know. It's the Caitlin equivalent of auditing your record collection. Basically. And then thinking about how much I want that matching... um, sugar cup yeah girl um yeah queen because i have the creamer and have yeah, the teacups stunt but on i them. don't have stunt on the them, sugar bowl and i and i can get it but i have to get it from the uk and i'm just i'm humming and hawing i'm pulling a jordan yeah it's your it's your record store day specie of 12 inch <laughs> just looking at <laughs> just looking at it online going going mm. <laughs> Really stun on these hoes if I had if I had that sugar bowl though. Yeah, exactly. I could really have a nice. Ooh, and they have a teapot, and I might go for the teapot too. I don't know. Do it all. Everybody buy everything. There are no fucking rules. Capitalism's down. <laughs> Just buy everything. Uh, will they take a pumpkin for it? Do you think? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> bring, bring back bartering. Seriously. Two pumpkins for a teapot. Two pumpkins for a teapot. So that is the is television world. Um, did you want to go back and forth on this, or do you want me to continue? Nah, just do your whole, do your whole. Okay. Um, and earlier, Jordan and I were talking about how um, some people are doing sort of the like, you know, hangouts with people online, that kind of thing. Um, well, Chris and I did something this week that I really enjoyed because I wanted to go out on a date, but of course we can't go out. Um, so we, 
in with very serious bunny ears, we went to a musical. We got dressed up. We had charcuterie. There was wine involved. And we went to go see The Phantom of the Opera. Mm-hmm. Um which was great. It was it was a real like it was a live stage show performance at the Royal Albert Hall in London. And uh a new performance or an old performance? It was um I actually don't know how it was old or maybe a couple of years it was like the 25th anniversary okay. show. Um yeah, so that was a lot of fun cuz the first time I saw Phantom of the Opera was about a year ago. I saw the movie. Chris was like he couldn't believe I It was actually when we were which we won't get to do for a long time. We were on a road the road trip to the US. Mm. Um we had a evening that we that we hadn't planned anything and I had mentioned I had never seen Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> he like had a meltdown. <laughs> He's like I'm sorry, what? So we watched the movie and and it was a lot of fun. So it was sort of like you know doing a, a a date to sort of like remember that time when we could leave the country. Um but it was actually a lot of fun. And it was it was nice that we could like we actually spent time away from social media and just like had this like we didn't have our phones because you can't put your phones on in a musical, right? Like that's just <laughs> rude. So <laughs> there we were. Um, and we had our intermission and everything. It was a lot of fun. So if anyone's looking for stuff to do, you can go on a date. It's a lot of fun. Um, the hey. next thing I want to try is a car picnic. Uh, we'll see how that works. Uh, the most consistent um, man in major Canadian retailer once informed me that his, like, he discovered the world of, like, full YouTube musical performances, which is apparently yeah. something he was very into. <laughs> <laughs> and he watched all these like full musicals. He's like, I've seen Spider Man turn out the dark, Jordan. <laughs> uh, and I was well, like, Oh my god, do I want to see Spider Man turn off the dark? <laughs> I might. We, we decided we had such a good time. We actually decided that we're going to do this next week as well, um, and we're going to go see Six, which is a musical kind of reimagining of uh, the story of Henry V's Six Lives. Henry V? Henry V, right? Sure. Henry VI? Henry VIII? Oh, no. What's the song? Henry VIII! Oh, my God. Yeah. I can't believe I got that wrong. Henry VIII's Six Lives. Um, And uh, apparently it looks really good. And see, the thing is... um, People may believe that I'm really into musicals, and though I enjoy them, I am not. It is senior correspondent all the way. He loves musicals, so he's like, can we go go see Six? And I was like, yeah, I'll get dressed up again. Um, and also, like, what else are we going to do with our time? Um, the surprises I have was that uh, I had mentioned that to you, Jordan, that I had hung out quote-unquote hung out, with a friend of the show, Jacqueline. Mm-hmm. And we had had a girly movie night. And we watched Hope Floats, which I have never seen and she has never seen, which is kind of Hope Floats is like, I don't know if held up is the right word, but it's definitely like a, anytime you look up, you know, girly romantic comedies, like Hope Floats comes up. Sandra Bullock movie? Uh, it is, sorry? Is that a Sandra Bullock movie? Yes, yeah, it's it's 90 Sandra Bullock. 
so, you know, fantastic. She has, like, an inner glow. It's weird when you watch her. Um, that movie is terrible, <laughs> and no one should ever watch it. Both Jacqueline and I agree. It'd be one thing if we disagreed, but, like, no. Don't don't watch that movie. Save Save yourself. What you should watch, for sure, and laugh at and be horrified and yet mesmerized by is the 90s movie Judge Dredd. Oh, God, you watched it. I told you. Oh, did I? I told you. I had said to Chris, I said, oh, yeah, because I'm looking for Kumpf. And I've brought up several times that I love the movie Dredd. Um, Carl Urban Dredd. Like five years ago, maybe longer. Yeah. When Dread came out, uh, it came out in 2012. Um, <laughs> That's eight years, Caitlin. Yeah, I know. Look, time means nothing after <laughs> 2000. We all know this. Um, which stars Carl Urban as Dread, um, who has like a fantastic frown. Like it's actually amazing. The story is, and so I had mentioned like, hey, maybe we could watch Dread, and Chris was like. I think he knew I hadn't seen Judge Dredd or he hadn't remembered or something. Um, the the one that came out in 1995 uh, starring Sylvester Stallone. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I hadn't seen it. And he was sort of like, you haven't seen it? And I was like, no, I just know it's terrible. Like, I've seen clips of it. He's like, oh, we're watching it. Um, we paid $5 to rent oh, it. Oh, no. I know. In a pandemic in this economy. I know. But we were like so set on it. It was horrible. Yeah. And and like but like like it was good horrible where you could just absolutely make fun of everything. And now I know the law part. Caitlin. Yeah. He is. No, but the other I can't, I don't even know who that actor is. The actor who plays his like cloned brother, that he's like, oh. <laughs> it makes me so happy though. Um, we he actually went back and replayed that part like three times because I found it so funny. Um, well, file it away for November because I've only seen clips. Oh no! You can have that one for free. What? Oh my god. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. The other thing I thought was really amazing was that the movie obviously had a budget. I don't know if they used the budget on, but they had a budget. They they filmed in like 18, that's, 20 locations. That's peak Stallone, I feel like. Probably, but, oh, and like the writing is so bad. So bad. God. Oh, so bad. Anyway, sorry, I'm just, like, reflecting on how bad it is. Um, <laughs> if you want something to, like, if you want to burn money and you want to <laughs> spend some time watching something that will make you laugh and you can bond over with other people about how bad it is, go watch a Judge Dredd from 1995. Um, yeah. So bad. Well. <laughs> is that your closer? And that's what I did last week. That's your closer? It's a good closer. Yep, that's my closer. Let's see. God, what, what do I want to close on here? Um, I went back and listened to uh, last week's episode or a couple of weeks ago's episode and heard myself mention something about, I'll talk about my book later. And I never did, Caitlin. 
I never did. Oh. Uh, so that book was How to Do Nothing by Jenny O'Dell, which I finished on my good day when I was reclaiming reclaiming my life the other week. Um, this was a book about resisting the attention economy, which I actually uh, had acquired long before the pandemic started and turned out to be a little more hippy dippy than I was expecting. Has an interesting tie into uh, the books you've spoken about recently about kind of like returning the earth. Right. She has a passage in there where she talks about um, basically there was like a useless, she's from the Bay area. So a lot of her references come from like that area of California. And she mentions this anecdote about there was like a useless dam in the area. Like they built a new dam and now the first dam was useless and they basically had to like figure out a way to get rid of it, but not, not replace it with anything and try to like return right. the earth properly. Cause it was also, you know, it was, it was a salmon, uh, whatever you want to call it, like a run, like, but it was fucking up the salmon population and things like that. And right. just how they were trying to like return the earth and things like that. And the hippy dippiness is where like, she a big bird watcher and shit. So like a lot of her, like, you know, slowing down is like, you know, looking at the world around you type of thing. Well, when you can't go into the world around you, it makes it a little harder. It's a harder hang. Um, I'd love to chill out and look at a sparrow and think of where it's going and what its life is like in my communion with the natural world around me. But girl, I'm um, like, Jordan. I'm in the house. Like Jordan, hmm. we know, I know you have pigeon friends. <laughs> Not anymore. Not, a, not ever since. Not ever since they put that fucking zombie spiked bat outside my windowsill by request, <laughs> but they still put it there. Um, yeah. So I mean, it, it's a it's a weird book if you go into it thinking it's going to be like it's going to teach me how to digitally detox. No, it's not going to be that. But it will tell you some uh, some interesting things. I mean, the knee jerk is like, yes, there are mentions of Bartleby the Scrivener, because um, that's. One of my favorite short stories, because it's basically like, low that I would that I could. <laughs> I would prefer not to. So that's all right. And I, the other book I moved on to, which was a short book, I've had, judging by the yellowness of the pages, I maybe acquired this book and like, girl, I don't know. The receipt was still in it, faded away, so I can't even tell the uh, the date I bought it. But it's a book by a guy named Amberuma. Uh, Amberuma is someone who's writing I have enjoyed, but unfortunately was the one who made the call that John Gomeshi should get a cover story in the New York Review of Books. So, so there's that. bad times for Amberuma. White men who will always let me down. <laughs> Including me. I will let you down too. I'll just be ready for it. Um, but he has <laughs> lived and written a lot about Japan over the years. And this is a very short book, maybe only like 180 pages, called Inventing Japan. Like basically from what are the years from 1853 to 1964. So kind of like from the, uh, from the Meiji restoration just through to, uh, the start of the Showa era. And I mean, real chill hang, you know, it's not as, uh, not as breezy as like one of those, uh, you know, 18 minute YouTube videos that'll break down the entire, you know, history of the world or whatever, but it's a, it's a chill hang. It's an easy read. And That's cool. you know, my, my interest in the region is not just limited to, uh, you know, early 20s girls dancing around in frilly dresses so been reading that it's also interested in girls from the 80s dancing around in frilly dresses that is true and also uh dudes who uh flirted with western democracy and dutch learning dutch learning was a very controversial topic during the isolationist period yeah those dutch also americans are jerks also, americans 
Americans are jerks. Is yeah. that what you said? Yeah. There's no real big surprise there. Yeah, no. Americans are jerks. Yeah, we know, we know that. Yeah. Story American friends. Not that the Japanese are not jerks, but the Japanese were like, yeah, we're cool. We're just going to chill out here on our island and not bug every, anybody. And America was like, nah, fuck you. Sell us shit. Or we'll kill you. It's true. They did have their guns pointed at them and were like, you need to trade with us. Thanks, Commodore Perry. Um. So, yes, yeah, I've been reading that. And I think that's all the reading I've been doing. Updates on things that have been mentioned on the show before. Uh, the Last Dance. Honestly, Kate, as someone who just kind of like likes documentaries, you might enjoy this book. This book. This this show. Maybe not anything further along, but uh, episode three especially was the uh, their movement, the Bulls movement into the uh, playoff scene, the start of their ascent, and summarily being smacked down by the 88-89 Detroit Pistons. Okay, cool. So you've had that story from the Pistons' perspective. Now you can kind of get a more yep. more insight from the Bulls' perspective, including the institution of things like the Jordan rules, and how yep. to this day, to this day, Michael Jordan is legitimately hot. That the Pistons, so that they meet twice or three times in the in the playoffs. The first time they swept the Bulls. The second time they went to a game seven, I think, but still lost. And the third year. They finally beat the uh, they finally beat the Pistons, mm-hmm. and the third year the Pistons just left. Twenty seconds or whatever left on the clock. There was no way they were going to win, so they just left. Um, Michael Jordan is still hot about that to this day. <laughs> to this day, they hand him a like. I think this might have been the moment that went meme worthy. There's like a meme now of like Michael Jordan skeptically looking at an iPad. And then it's like you show whatever you know, whatever SpongeBob scene he's watching. Um, but what he, I think what he was actually watching was Isaiah Thomas talk about why they walked off. And already before that, he's like, "You can say whatever he wants." Yeah, I bet he wish he hasn't now, based on what everybody said. Blah blah blah. And he's like, he's still, it's been like twenty five, thirty years. Dude is still that hot about it. And as well, this episode focused on uh, Rodman, Dennis Rodman, who was a Piston, uh, coming into the Bulls franchise and finding his place in it. And also kind of the Robin's always a dude who was like kind of looking for someone to rely on him. Like he, this this is going to sound real like armchair psychologist, but I feel like Rodman always wanted to matter to somebody. So like when he was on the Pistons, that was the Pistons coach, Chuck Daly. Um, and in the era of the year of this, what this documentary is focusing on, we mentioned last week how, like, Pip, Scotty Pippen, the number two guy, was hurt. He was out for a lot of the season. And Rodman was also entering peak Rodman at this point. Um, right. Where at one point he was like, I need a vacation. And in, like, the middle of the season took, like, you know, three days off or whatever to go to Vegas. Like, to the point where Jordan had to go get him and bring him back. But then after that, after he, like, got it out of his system, you know, from partying with Carmen Electra in the in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> This was a girlfriend at the time. She's in the documentary commenting on it. Um, he was like ready to roll and clearly valued the fact that Jordan came to feel like he could rely on him and how right. maybe when Scotty finally came back, Rodman got a little bit of drift again. Like he was focused when he knew his place was, his spot was secure. But when Scotty came back, he kind of became the third wheel again and he didn't really like it. Anyway, fascinating, interesting to watch doesn't really matter to me as much because I would not be watching sports regularly. But, I mean, for the billions of people out there starving for actual sports, this must just be, like, sweet manna from heaven for them. 
Uh, what um, else? I, I I looked up the uh, the meme because I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to see it. Skeptical. <laughs> what are they calling it? Is it yeah. just skeptical Jordan meme? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, or Jordan looking at iPad. Jordan looking at iPad. Yep. Another thing I watched, um, that it's probably only going to speak to me in very weird ways. Um, this may have been a fundraiser. I don't know who exactly did it, but it was one of these like jam videos, um, where like people in different places all play the same song and they stitch it together and it becomes like a full performance of like people in their bedrooms type of things. Yep. And I think... Eventually, somehow, some way, like actual studio money got involved from Funimation and from Sunrise. So what you have is like 40 people playing the real folk blues, the closing theme to Cowboy Bebop. Amazing. And as this progresses and enters like these like three rap breaks, which are like not in the original, obviously, but it's like a rap break from some guy who's like won like the Evo Street Fighter Championship. Um, what really blew me, he's up first, was this guy Substantial, who used to rap on Nujabez's shit back in the day. Seeing him turn up started me in my feels a little bit. Because we know Cowboy Bebop, I'm missing up just thinking about it. Cowboy Bebop is always like my onions moment. It'll make me cry no matter what. Um, so he starts rapping, and then in the top corner, you just see this little Japanese lady, kind of like, like the screen, like a screen pan cut. And she's in the top corner just kind of, like, poking at the camera. And it's fucking Yoko Kano. <laughs> oh, cool. And then down in the sides is, like, you see a little caption that comes up that says the Seatbelts original band. And it's, like, different guys from different guys and girls from the Seatbelts playing the song. Including, like, I think Mai Yamane, who sang the song and was, like, a 70s city pop singer. Like, standing in front of Mel Fuji with, like, a sign that says We're All Ascending, which is from Blue, which is the song that will really make me fucking cry. And then it fucking... After the rap break, the only word you hear is Steve Bloom, the voice of Spike, saying bang. And I'm like, <laughs> I was fucking done. <laughs> fucking done. Like, screaming <laughs> through tears. Because <laughs> that fucking, it's, uh, it's, Bebop is core to my being in that song. Especially, not even that version of the song. There's a, there's a key change version of that song that's called something different. That was on the third soundtrack. It's the version that plays when Spike makes his, like, final run at the Syndicate. And it's like... Anyway, uh, just look up Real Folk Blues on YouTube. That's sitting there. You can find it. Um, What else on YouTube? Two other things on YouTube. Sometimes this gets thrown at me occasionally, and sometimes I settle into it. And that is uh, Old School Iron Chef Japan. Oh, yeah. that's, That's good stuff. That is good stuff. Because Iron Chef is the show where there are these three, like, you know, if you... If a version never hit your country or you never saw it, it's like there are these three iron chefs and they're like, you know, the supreme, the pinnacle of cooking in their fields and they get challenged by other chefs and they have an hour to make like a fucking four course meal with like this thing. And I think a lot of your cooking competition shows really like spin out of Iron Chef. Like you don't get chopped. You don't get chopped or like, you know, the challenges on Top Chef. Like you get none of that shit without Iron Chef. Like it all stems from there. And they did an American version and it was kind of like insane and like iron chef or og has this like cheesy pageantry to it <laughs> where it's there was amazing where there was like a story about a chairman who started a kitchen academy is that what he called it um i think so yeah the he, chairman oh the chairman. and he wanted to find the best chefs in the world and he comes out and he gives this spiel and he's so serious that like even these are dubbed they were dubbed for uh the food network originally and i guess it would have been late 90s early aughts 
Um, and I swear to God, it's the same guys who do the voices for that crazy. Um, it was like, oh, oh my God, what was it called? It was the crazy outdoor. Oh, most extreme elimination challenge. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the voices are the same guys. <laughs> Very possible, but yeah, just I, I think I mentioned this before when I've. I think I've been down this rabbit hole before and talked about it on the show, but like I specifically go and find the gnarliest ones I can. Like if something is still alive or like right. <laughs> has a head still attached, like stingrays, let's go for it. Show me how to I chop up a stingray. Stingrays, they're they're cute. They have little faces. They killed the crocodile hunter. Think Bindi no, think Bindi Irwin cares about a stingray? Yes, I do. <laughs> and I also think that Steve Irwin shouldn't have been fucking around with stingrays. Hot takes. Damn, son. Anyway, if you just search Iron Chef, these you'll, you'll see you'll <laughs> see grainy videos and <laughs> senior correspondent Chris like yelled "Stingray" from the other room and sorry, very well timed. Uh, as well, I finished Black AF. Eh. 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 I'm not mm-hmm. used to not liking Rashida Jones, which is a real uh, moment of cognitive dissonance for me. Like, there are two things. One, the uh familial philosophy of this show is apparently that just like fighting is normal and it should always be happening and when the fighting stops that's when things are bad because as the season progresses we did have the episode where he publicly critiqued a uh, black filmmaker and the discussions about like do we care that the stories are being told if they're garbage right you know um yes tyler perry does make an appearance (laughs) not that it's for me to judge (laughs) the work of tyler perry but you know, as he like shows movies that he considers to be bad. There's a lot of talk about the movie Juana Man, um, which I don't know if it's a movie you're familiar with. Um, uh, it is not. It's a movie about basically a guy who cross dresses, I think, to play in the WNBA or something like that. And you know, his his coupled with this is as well the Rashida Jones character, his wife, doesn't feel that the kids are connecting with the with their black the black side of their family enough, so she wants them to throw a barbecue like just with his family because she's mixed and she's insecure about it. So he's like having chats with his like you know father and his cousin his uncles and shit about like you know they love juana man <laughs> and he's like really you go for juana man he's like it's just tootsie like what yeah. <laughs> and it's like and he's like really struggling with this as you know like quote unquote like serious film connoisseur um but then it moves into stuff like about their marriage and like her trying to find meaning because she was a, basically a housewife for a long time and then she wants to like write this book and they go on vacation and she schedules a book event like on the vacation and they're having like they're just squabbling the whole time about this and just being dicks to each other. And he calls everyone dude, like his kids, his wife, he calls them dude all the time, which is just something I low-key hate. Like if someone I'm like in a relationship calls me dude or bruh, I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> don't like we, we're past. We're past that. You don't call me that. Um, dude is fine. Yeah. I'm not. I'm only saying that because like, I, I call Chris dude all the time. Great. Hey, works for y'all. Awesome. I am watching a TV show about y'all. And ultimately, the hardest part is, like, you know, he comes to, like, they're trying to be funny because he watches episodes of his own show, Blackish, to, like, get a perspective on how he should be treating his wife. But I also know his wife filed for divorce uh, a couple months ago, so. Right. IRL. Ooh, yeah. So it's kind of hard for me to, (laughs) I know, separate the art and the artist. You know, I'm I'm on here half the time talking about, like, I still listen off the wall in my... (laughs) In my own time, I separate the art and the artist, but it's, you know, a little hard for me. You're already playing a Larry David version of yourself. So, I don't know. It was a rough hang there at the end. I'm not, sh- I'm not sure how I feel about it. Did make me LOL at times, but... <laughs> like when he wants his assistant to keep an eye on uh, 
his one daughter's uh, boyfriend because he doesn't trust him. And the sidebar is like the white guy keeps like wanting sunscreen. He keeps getting burned because they're like in Fiji or some shit. <laughs> He's just like, why does the sun hate white people? Like the thing that gives the planet life actually kills y'all. Like it just kills you. Yep. It's true. Uh, and the last thing, <laughs> somebody I close every week with another installment of random monster factory episodes. I watched still the best fucking laugh. Uh, has been some diminishing returns, although the episode where they play Dragon's Dogma and realize they could throw anything, including people. Aww. So they made a character who was a woman. They called her Randy Johnson after the Mariner's pitcher. <laughs> and then they made a uh, sidekick named Pan Pan and made his skin white and his head rare so he looked like a baseball and then just threw him at everything. Aww. <laughs> Go, Pan Pan! <laughs> Uh, it also must be acknowledged that uh, number one fan Kira likened me, neither of us knowing the McElroy family, like somebody asking us, who's the rock? <laughs> yeah. We never said we were up on it. Uh, I also <laughs> watched the episode where uh, they played Saints Row 3, or Saints Row the Third, I guess it was called. Um, and number one, just <laughs> their clear disdain for the humor in Saints Row. <laughs> Where there is a slider oh. for sexiness that will give you either nothing or a full gonzo nose in your underwear. As they're just going, oh man, I love it. It's like an episode of Family Guy. I love this humor. <laughs> and then they uh, attempted to live a crime-free existence in Saints Row. <laughs> Impossible. They're like, we hate crime. So we're not going to do crime in Saints, <laughs> in Saints Row. From the opening scene where they're like falling through. <laughs> they have to like jump off a plane and kill dudes who are like agents who are skydiving after them like point break as they're justifying everything they're doing it's like what's well, this it's the sky there's no laws in the sky to break so i mean this is fine okay you know this is fine um <laughs> i love saints row i've said this many times many times um and it's fantastic they put in a console code they put in a console code to uh give them early access to um i guess it would have been like basically like a disintegrator gun and their logic was that they were still living crime free because they were just sending people to dairy queen <laughs> It's like, no, it's fine. It's like, I worry we might be, like, breaking a fire hazard by sending all these people to Dairy Queen, and then it would show, like, a still image of a Dairy Queen with all these, like, random NPCs. <laughs> oh, God, Monster Factory. Uh, they also recreated uh, 80 sitcoms in The Sims, which was also fun. Always. And held a re-election campaign for the boy mayor of Second Life. And when they must have petitioned... I didn't even know Second Life was still a thing. They have like four episodes in Second Life, which I did not know was even a thing people played even three years ago when they filmed these videos. And they must have like petitioned that they were having an election. So like, because their reach is so big, like all these fucking people came to this election party they were having at like a rented property in Second Life. They didn't want to pay for it. Somebody had it. They like... Shot him a few dollars because there is real world currency in Second Life. Anyway, you had like a fucking dragon, and because you can be whatever you want in Second Life, it was like early Minecraft, right? So mm -hmm. it's, it's the Stay Puft Marsh Marshmallow Man and Garfield and Bart Simpson and a dragon, and he had turned himself into a dog wearing pants at one point, and he was running for the mayor of Second Life versus Duran Duran, and at one point it's just like. I think they were actually sponsored by Totino's for these for these videos because they mentioned um, Totino's amazing. a lot. <laughs> and every once in a while, a giant pizza box would just like move into the frame. Um, 
<laughs> he crashes at one point what looks to be like an actual like group trying to take political discussion seriously in Second Life, and he's just screaming onto his mic, I think dogs should vote. <laughs> and then it'll cut to him like dropping through the sky because he's been kicked from the session. <laughs> Um, then like the landlord shows up at this election party that's just filled with like chaos and he's like, oh fuck, I gotta get everybody out of here. It's like, wait, I know how to do it. He deletes the floor and it's just raining <laughs> insanity as all these avatars are like falling to the earth. Oh my God. Bless you, McElroy's. And as was pointed out to me, rare occasion of three white dudes who have not really been canceled for anything yet. Which is amazing. I mean, probably really just probably the greatest accomplishment to be as successful as they've been in the arena that they're in and not be canceled for anything. So shouts to you fellas. We'll close it out with one, uh, one nice tweet that I saw this week, which was, uh, someone on Twitter enjoying the fact that woke teens are discovering Robert Downey Jr.'s character from Tropic Thunder and are losing their minds. <laughs> <laughs> and just reposting all these tweets of like, so Robert Downey Jr. really played blackface in a movie and we don't talk about it? Oh, no. Oh, children. He's so stupid. On that note, you know what that is? That is the notebook closing, folks. The journal is closed. It's 1230 on a Sunday afternoon. We spend the rest of our day just chilling, relaxing. I'm going for a bike ride. <laughs> Take that new bike out for a spin. It's beautiful out. Though I did take it out for a spin because we had to like make sure everything was working okay. I am so out of shape. <laughs> How did this happen? Listen, How did I get this out of shape? We don't need to talk about the fact that the dude who basically uh, had a job where he ran around for eight hours a night has now been 97% sedentary for the past you know month to six weeks. So yeah, you're fucked. So you know when he had the last two Oreos in the bag and then headed out for a nice little walk and stretch down by the water this morning before we recorded. And on the way back had to say, is this the Rona? Is this heartburn? Is this a heart attack? Am I having a stroke? What is, what is this right now? No, God, please. No, no. I'm fine now. Oh, Cause I'm sitting again, but just, just a hint to anyone who wants to keep uh, stupid white people away. Just cough. <laughs> Just, just even a cough, oh, and I'm sure Lord. they'll they'll get away from you. I cannot, I cannot recommend that or protect you from an ass whooping should it happen. Friends, we appreciate your support as always. Get at us on Twitter. Get up off Twitter. You can keep up with my gambling, which is mostly what Twitter is these days. I was on a real hot streak <laughs> for a minute, Kate. Crazy, crazy oh, yeah. Uberers. Get at us however you feel. Thank you so much for joining us, friends, taking time out of this very odd existence that we're all living in to spend it with us. We greatly appreciate it. Stay safe. Stay sane. My name's Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser, and I hope you will join us next week for another fantastic, fantastic. episode of the Keep Down Podcast. Egg on toast. <laughs> That's the meal that I love the most. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because we love egg on toast. <laughs>